Welcome to the Educational Leadership Series, Lead Change in Education, where your co-hosts, Adam Drummond and Mark McAmoyle, talk with educational leaders across the country in ways that they're boosting student academic achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Each episode is especially designed to examine the ways that you can be instructional change agents in your schools as you work to reform culture, instructional planning, learner engagement, and community advocacy in your schools or in your districts. Take the ideas from our guests and work to apply them in your schools so that you can be instructional change agents too. Welcome back to another exciting edition where we talk with school leaders who are making changes in education as they work to boost student achievement and build collective teacher efficacy. Mark and I are super excited to welcome Dr. Kelly Andrews to our show today. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Mark and Adam. It's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Hi, Dr. Andrews. Welcome. We're excited to talk with you today. Thank you. It's good to be here. So uh, I'm going to start off and just uh, hope hope to get an introduction, maybe Dr. Andrews, uh, a little bit to you, to our listeners. Um, you are the executive director of Doctors Charter School in Miami Shores. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role so that we can start a big picture and then let's dig deep in the, the great work that you're doing around uh, culture and uh, even even in distance learning events. Um, that's our goal is to keep people connected. So let's start big picture. Tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. Well, I was a principal in Indiana for 16 years and my husband is a pastor and took a church here in Miami. So uh, following along in about 2016, um, I was uh, fortunate enough to find this uh, little school, this charter high school, middle, it's a middle senior high school. And my role as executive director plays out much like a superintendent because it is a municipal independent charter school, public charter school. And um, it's under, uh, like, unlike many uh, states, charter schools here are overseen by districts, so very highly connected to the Miami-Dade County Public Schools. Uh, they are our oversight uh, body. But because we're a municipal charter school, um, our municipality um, appoints seven of our board members and the other six, so we have 13 board members, uh, are appointed by other entities, Barry University, North Shore, um, or North Dade uh, Medical Association, and the local parent organization. So I have 13 board members that help me to run the school. I have two principals that I oversee, and it's a small school of about almost 600 students, 6 through 12. So it's uh, very personal uh, in a bar large metropolitan area where things can tend to be impersonal. So this is a, a wonderful little college preparatory public school, and, uh, um, and it's a different culture and a different climate than what I experienced in Indiana, which was my entire professional life prior to coming down here. Um, so it's just, it's been, a, it's been a wonderful experience. At the end of this summer, though, I'll be transitioning back to Indiana as the director of the Indiana Principal Leadership Institute, and uh, looking forward to that out of Indiana State University. Congratulations, Dr. Andrews, on that on that post. Yeah. Or you, you must be looking forward to that. Oh, indeed, I am. Because after 20 years as an administrator, a school administrator, I think 
um, just being able to be back with my Hoosier roots mm. and also um, being in a, in a position where I can uh, be with other principals and supporting their practices, uh, it just excites me to no end. Fantastic. That's great, Kelly. And, and certainly I know um, in talking with some Indiana folks, they're very excited about having you um, back here and, and leading IPLI um, starting July 1. Um, but before we get into talking a little bit around the IPLI, I'd love to hear your experience um, down at Doctors Charter School and even, you know, some of your administrative experience potentially in Indiana, um, specifically focused on the work around culture. And, you know, right now, you know, we're recording this during the, the global pandemic of COVID-19. And so I think, you know, educators across the country certainly turned on a dime as we um, began to reimagine how learning could look for students across the country. Um, and certainly would love to hear your perspective around culture and, and how maybe you've taken some ways to create uh, a culture in a remote learning environment. Sure. Well, I'll start off with um, it, the practice that I've always put into place <clears throat> at the school level has been to engage all the staff. I always saw my role as principal as making sure that teachers had what they needed so that they could take care of children and at whatever age level. And so um, supporting teachers have, has been always an ultimate goal, respecting uh, them so they will respect the office, <coughs> excuse me, responsibility, giving them the responsibility and the autonomy of their classroom without micromanaging. And also um, it's respecting their professionalism. Uh, when we hire good people, we have to uh, support them but we also have to um, respect the work that they do so that they can become creative and autonomous in their work with students. And so, you know, a long time ago, um, teachers would be very isolated. They'd walk into their room, close the door, and they'd just do their work. And what we're trying to do in building a culture is, is a culture of teamwork, a culture of collaboration, and a culture of op giving them opportunities. So even up here at, or down here in Florida, um, one of the things we've tried to do is offer different opportunities for teachers to work together in some common planning opportunities as well, both vertically and horizontally. And so that's where they really need to talk with one another on a regular basis. Moving into distance learning, that actually uh, may give us a better opportunity to do that because people are becoming now a little bit more um, less, I, I should say, less nervous about getting into uh, this, not just social media, but we're using Zoom on Canvas Learning Management System, and they're um, making meetings with each other. <laughs> <laughs> on a regular basis to share good practices. Uh, the principals are, are creating Zoom rooms where, um, where teachers can come together and talk about best practices. And what are you doing in your classroom? And even now we're offering the opportunity to invite teachers to come and watch our classrooms so that uh, they can get some good ideas. Because just like teachers in the regular classroom setting, um, we need to allow them to observe each other to gain insight on what it is that, that they can take away and put into their classroom right away. That's a it's, it's actually become a little bit easier doing that with the live uh, presentations because they can come in and watch and take away 
a best practice that, and, and put it in their classroom right away. So that has been an exciting movement just in the last two weeks. <laughs> Things are moving really fast, Dr. Andrews. So uh, that has to be really satisfying for you and other leaders to look at how the culture has become so entrenched that when the system is stressed, and we know that systems are stressed right across the country, that they, they go to the place that they feel like there's value. And they're going back mm-hmm. to the culture that existed in brick and mortar that, that you've worked so hard to create together. That's powerful. It is. And it was, it was sometimes it seemed a little bit more difficult to say, I'm going to give up my planning right. time to go visit a classroom. Now they have a little bit more opportunity um, because there's a little bit more um, autonomy to do that. Um, it, it just, and maybe just the flexibility is, is happening. Now we're not, uh, obviously, I don't know about you, but our school schedule for the week uh, is not as rigorous. You know, we had a seven period day uh, that was in a block schedule over a couple of days. And, um, and so that, that's a very rigorous schedule. Now the schedule is they're meeting with each of their classes live once a week, and then they provide office hours uh, plus all the assignments and et cetera. But it's given the teachers more flexibility to collaborate with one another. And that's what we were working really uh, hard to make happen. We were creating schedules for horizontal alignment and vertical alignment and common planning times and, and things like that. And, and it just, it seems that, you know, um, teachers have just taken off with, I'd like to visit your classroom. Do you mind letting me in? (laughs) And they are. And it's, um, uh, you, as, 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 uh, I don't know, as nervous as they have been about making this leap, they have done it in such a way that um, I I just couldn't be more proud. They've just taken it all in. I mean, in 24 hours, uh, every teacher was online of learning the online system. Uh, We had already started using Canvas a couple of years ago, but not to the extent that we're using it now. So it's, it's just taken off. And I think it's going to make a huge difference when we do come back to brick. And Adam, you probably want to jump in there, but a word that's coming to mind, Dr. Andrew, is this codependency in the culture. Um, <laughs> I've not even thought of that word before, but that's what I hear happening in your location there. Yes. Well, and, and the fact is they feel like they can depend mm-hmm. on one another. Uh, they're not just waiting for the principals yeah. to uh, set up these meetings. They're depending on one another. The department chairs uh, at our school are exceptional leaders and, uh, you know, they're connecting with their teachers all the time. And so I believe that has created that openness that uh, and trust among themselves to uh, get in there. And the principals are are um, walking into class. They're doing online walkthroughs. They're doing online informal evaluations. Uh, They look a lot different than what we were doing before, but uh, utilizing the same systems utilizing the same rubrics um they're able to adapt and uh and they're actually because they don't have any other responsibilities i mean principals are not dealing with student discipline or (laughs) lunch duty or (laughs) other things that take up time in their day um they're able to get into multiple classrooms a day and it's been so rewarding for them uh they're utilizing what they're finding and sharing with other teachers and it's been great support for the teachers. That's great, Kelly. I think, you know, a couple things that come to mind, I, 
you know, as we continue in this world of remote learning, I think we tend to find what those best practices are um, based on what we see happening in each of those classrooms. And when we started remote learning, um, as long as we had items up for students to get started with, we, we, we said that was successful um, in, in making that transition. And now that we're a few weeks in, we can go back and we can start to really develop what does a, a remote learning classroom look like in X school district or in X school? And it sounds like that's exactly what's happening with the folks in your in your school. I think it is happening. It's just and I don't even think they know it's happening. It's just it's just what mm -hmm. it is for right now. And I think once we can start to name it and identify all of that, you know, when we started talking about differentiation of instruction, which was kind of a focus of our school this year, um, most of the teachers, when we were naming things that we were doing, didn't even realize that that's what they were doing. And once we named it for them, they started taking taking that on a little bit with a little bit more confidence. And I think that's transferring right over to uh, this process as well. They don't even know what it is that they're doing sometimes, but the fact is they're, we're starting to name it. And I think it's going to build efficacy across the board. So as you think about the this opportunity that we have right now and kind of redefining what remote learning experiences look like in culture, you know, we know that as we think about the culture in a, in a traditional brick and mortar school or district, there's many stakeholders, right? Oh, yes. There's the staff, there's students, there's parents, there's community members. How have you seen other stakeholders impacted um, as you really developed a culture around this remote learning piece for your, for your students and staff? So parents come to mind first because what we're seeing is... Um, uh, a lot more parent involvement. And, and as a parent of young children yourself, Adam, you know that as a parent at home helping your children do their learning, we have teachers who are doing that. We have now have parents who are at home uh, and they're starting to see what it is that their students are doing. And they're much more involved. They're, they're asking questions about how they can support their students even more specifically. And I think they're um, having more discussions with the teachers um, as well. And, and I've seen some, you know, emails are coming across what, what else can I do to support my child? Um, so, and I get that um, a lot of parents are, are uh, overwhelmed with it and uh, don't really understand all the professionalism of education that goes on. And I, and um, so I think they're reaching out now to understand and to be able to support their children even more. So parents really come to mind. I've noticed here in Miami Shores, too, the community is very much rallying across the board, you know, um, from from food supplies mm -hmm. to, you know, meals, grab and go meals, um, you know, all the schools around us. Because we're a charter school, we're not able to participate in that. Our kids come from a wide distance. So uh, the district schools are providing the food service and our kids get to go there to pick up their meals. Um, but but those the number of schools that are uh, open daily to do that has been astounding and and parents are, are taking up for that. So the fact that our community members are, are stepping up to support that, it's just been wonderful. Dr. Andrews, I hear two things. I hear, I've heard some codependency culture professionally. I've heard I'm going to use the language flattening of the walls of the school, uh, flattening the walls <laughs> of our classrooms, even though they're virtual. These are really powerful results of our distance learning um, models. Um, 
talk to us a little bit about how have you tried to keep students connected to your culture? We know that's important to you. So are there some things that you've done deliberately to keep students connected? So every morning, and, and you have to understand, I, I've not been, uh, I, I've always pr- pushed the principals to make those connections a little bit more significantly. Um, this year, uh, starting in about November, we started broadcasting live morning announcements. We have a broadcast team of kids and uh, teachers who put that on. And, and, um, and I've been going in at the very end of that doing morning words of wisdom. Hmm. Um, always been providing that, whether it's over a PA system or whatever. It was just kind of the thing. I've, I've been doing that since 1998. Huh. And, <laughs> and so it was just something I do. Well, now with this situation, I'm doing on uh, live morning announcements and it's just me. So I'm doing all of them and, and it's online and on our Canvas site. Uh, the video comes up for every student once they log into Canvas. And so that's my connection to mm-hmm. the kids, um, always ending with uh, morning words of wisdom. <laughs> um, but it's uh, but trying to keep that culture of calm, mm-hmm. connectiveness, uh, trying to make sure that we're communicating um, and, and, and actually trying to provide some care and compassion. Because my school has about 60 percent poverty here. And, um, and many of our families have lost their jobs. A lot of our seniors have gone to work uh, in grocery stores and things like that. So making, so it's been difficult for them in many, many ways. And we need to let them know it's okay and that we're here for them. Our guidance department has been reaching out and making personal phone calls to kids uh, and families to make sure they're okay. So the idea behind this is that we're reaching out and making personal connections with as many kids and families as possible. So this week, the idea is that uh, we're going to try to create a, a movie <laughs> a video of all, you know, a three second of every staff member uh, where they are, um, you know, just letting them know that we're here for them, uh, that I end every message that we hope it's a better day today for us and across the world, um, because because they have to understand that this isn't just happening to us. Um, and, and I don't know if they're watching the news, but I do know that, um, families are in crisis. Anxiety is high. I've had students write to me and just say, you know, the structure of being at home is hard for me. I'm not, um, I'm not as organized as I am when I'm at school. And so reaching out and providing a, a, you know, helpful hand for those children, uh, is, is important at this time. So we have a, you know, a, a, a staff uh, in support services that have been doing just that and, uh, and, and having personal, you know, one-on-one video chats with kids to support them in their work. So uh, letting them know that we are uh, a team, uh, we, are, we are a small school, so everybody sort of knows everybody. And that's what makes this place a little bit more precious in especially a big metropolitan area where it can be very impersonal. This is a very personal school, and that's the culture that we've been building over, over time. So, Kelly, as you've, have you, as you've lived this the last few weeks, um, pretty soon we're going to be able to say months, <laughs> um, and, and really developing a culture for remote learning, what are those practices that you've seen that you think, man, I think when we're back into a, a brick and mortar school, 
we want to continue some of these practices um, because we saw them effective in a remote environment and we think that they'd be they would be important to continue. Yeah, I've together. actually thought about that a little bit. And I, I'm wondering if virtual staff meetings might not be more effective than, um, you know, once in a while, maybe not always, because we do like to come together. We generally in our staff meetings have coffee and some snacks, <laughs> um, but but also just for the time element, it could be that we have a, a virtual staff meeting or smaller department meetings uh, that are done virtually so that uh, create a more flexible um, atmosphere for teachers who have lots of different responsibilities outside of school. Um, so, th and I don't know how that would work exactly, but you know, if it, we could come to consensus on a time frame that might work, uh, that could be a good thing too. So, um, but that's one thing I've thought about, but, um, but I'm also concerned about, you know, what school's going to look like when we come back. And I'm wondering if, if we might not be blending, um, mm. a, a remote distance learning mm. with brick and mortar learning. And I don't know what that'll look like exactly, but certainly it's a conversation that we need to start having, um, because our classrooms are, uh, not large. And when you put 20 to 25 kids in a classroom, it, it's pretty packed. So, um, uh, you know, we want the health and safety of our kids and our staff to be first and foremost. Um, but we also have built a culture of excellence in education. We've been in a school for 15 years. And, um, and we just saw the U.S. News and World Report rankings, and we're in the top 9% across the country. So, you know, we don't want to lose, um, the, you know, that excellence and rigor that, uh, that the school has been providing. But at the same time, um, we're in a new world. And we have to think a little bit differently. But I do, th I think that uh, distance learning will become more embedded. Um, just not sure how that will be. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think that we're going to see, uh, kind of a, a new type of teaching and learning happening as a result mm -hmm. of this, as we implement our reentry plans. And as we conclude and, and think about our next steps, I know at the beginning of our talk today, we talked about your transition um, this summer into the Indiana Principal Leadership Institute, um, where you'll be helm, uh, at the helm really supporting leaders and, and how they can enhance their own professional learning skills and so I think that in your role, you'll definitely be supporting lots of school leaders in a new type of learning um, come July 1 as they think about what does school look like. And so I'd love to hear just as we wrap up, maybe one or two things that you're excited about in this new adventure with the Indiana Principal Leadership Institute. Well, yes, in, indeed. I'm, I'm excited because of the connection among all the principals, assistant principals, and teacher leaders across Indiana that... Um, that I expect to be able to meet over the next uh, year or so. Uh, cohorts of 60 or so teach, uh, principals coming together to learn about their practice and, and their own strengths and challenges personally that they take to the job in the first year. And then bringing their teacher leaders with them in the second year to really develop action research for their school that they can implement. You know, I, that is just so powerful for the state of Indiana and, uh, and I, I do think that, um, you know, since 2013, when this organization uh, became um, funded by the legislature, uh, it has impacted thousands of principals and 
thousands and thousands of students and teachers across the state of Indiana and, and really increasing teaching and learning. Because when we talk with one another and we share best, best practices with one another, we learn uh, the expectation is you can't do everything that somebody else is doing, but you can certainly take one thing and adapt it to your school. And, um, and then just the encouragement from each other, because just like the hashtag today, we're all in this together. As principals, we are all in this together. And, and with, when you're in your own district, you can kind of get stagnated. And so when you hear from somebody outside of that district and what might be happening somewhere else or, or just the rich thinking that comes together, the conversations um, that come together, the research that can come out of this, uh, it's just exciting and powerful. And I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, growing my practice and sharing my practice. Um, I think that's probably the best way I can, and, uh, that I can say, but I'm also looking forward to seasons again. I miss fall and spring. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Andrew, can I just share with you Absolutely. why I found this to be really um, energizing? Uh, just me personally as a, a principal, 812 building, I believe you're 612. Uh, we're, we get about a yes. thousand students, great staff, talented. They've been forced to change on a dime. But what I've heard from you today is saying, you know, this disruption, as Michael Horn talks a lot about disruption and blended learning, I've heard for you to say, uh-huh. you know, there, there's maybe some outcroppings through this disruption of flexibility in meeting, maybe some blended learning opportunities. Nothing will ever substitute live teaching, but I think it encourages all of us as building principals to really bring our teams together and say, okay, none of us would have selected this as our model, but what are those positives that we want to take forward? into the next phase in our evolution as a building um, and how can we protect those and put the proper supports to continue those things. And of course, if we involve staff in that conversation, it becomes a lot more collective. That's what I'm motivated by listening to you today. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners are too. Well, when you have, when you have creative professional people working around you, I mean, one of my favorite places to go is the PE class because they're doing yoga online. They're doing strength mm-hmm. training online. Um, I mean, they're, they're just as creative as they possibly can be. And, um, you know, I am, I, you know, I'm seeing differentiated learning going on mm-hmm. in these classrooms that is just so powerful. When they put them in breakout rooms and then they start visiting breakout <laughs> rooms, it's, you know, it's really interesting. And kids, kids are taking this on as well. So, I'm encouraged by um, moving this along. Uh, you know, you got to you got to find the positives in um, in all of this. It's uh, who said you got to if you've got lemons, you got to make lemonade, and so that's what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I love it, Kelly. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us today. Um, I just I am inspired by the work that you've done, the work that you're doing, and the work that you're going to be well, thank doing. Thank you. And um, it's it's always wonderful to talk with school leaders who um, see the value in, in continued professional learning and knowing that you're um, doing that for your staff today, but also doing that for school leaders tomorrow. Thank you, Adam. Um, is is very 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 um, 
incredible. And we just look forward to seeing the work that you're going to do with IPLI here in the state of Indiana. And for our listeners, if you'd like to stay connected to Kelly, and I would highly encourage you to do so, um, because I think you're going to see a lot of really great professional resources coming from her um, with her work at IPLI. You can follow her um, on Twitter at Mrs. Kelly Andrew 2 and that is the number two. So again, it's Mrs. Kelly Andrew two, and we'll also have that posted with our information as we um, broadcast out this session today. So Kelly, thank you again for joining us. Um, I think, you know, I speak for Mark and I both that um, we just really appreciate you coming on and sharing, um, especially during this pandemic, but knowing that the strategies that you've shared today um, are strategies that we can use even post COVID-19 as we go back into the classroom. Adam together. and Mark, it was my honor to be a part of this today. Thank you so much for including me. And I wish you all the uh, best as we uh, get through this together. Thanks for joining another exciting episode of Lead Change in Education, where we talk with educational leaders just like you and how they're boosting student achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Tune in to our weekly podcast by joining and subscribing to the podcast platform that works best for you. You can also follow Adam at Adam D. Drummond or Mark at MWHS Principal on Twitter. You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can use the hashtag LeadChangeEd to stay up to date on all of the exciting things that are happening in education related to our podcast as well as the work that we do each and every day. Until next time, be the change you wish to lead in your schools.